Hello, welcome, it's Liesl. Welcome to my first podcast of 2024. And I realize the expected thing is to tell you that um, this is going to be a really shiny podcast and not quite as wild and unpolished and feral as it has been. But it probably isn't. It's probably going to remain exactly like this because, um, oh, well, I'm slightly rebellious when it comes to these things. And I think we are surrounded by too many polished things and images and projections. And so I'm going to start this podcast or this year off by reading you a story from my book, um, the Velveting Bones, and it's quite long, so I won't do too much um, talking here. It's a very, very special story to me, and I, I, um, I love, I love writing small poems, but I also love writing long, winding story poems, prose poems, probably. But I prefer to see them as small stories, and so. If you would like, settle in, close your eyes, take a nice deep breath and out and just get comfortable. This is my story, a story of storms and water. Outside, beyond the thick white walls of the cottage, A storm is growing herself bigger across the waters. Angry skies roiling with slate-tipped warheads of water are waiting impatiently to make love to the turbulent rest of waves whipping themselves across the sound of Jura. In front of the fire, I am a woman crouched low. With my oldest eyes, I watch and wait as things unfold. Not the things outside. No, storms take care of themselves. I'm not afraid of the outside storm. I have seen enough to know that they pay no heed to human intervention. The storms that need to be honoured with a deep, sacred bow are the ones that build for themselves a chapel within the boundaries of a life. When they arrive, they can only be observed with kindness and grace. They must be left to do their work. The washing away, the uncovering, the clearing of the stale air. I am marking this germinal moment with an apprehensive curiosity and a nod to my inner tempest. My familiar squall. She's all grown up now, but she still has the heart of a child. She wants to carve a life for herself outside of the small rooms within which I keep her safe. She refuses to be owned by anyone. She has marked me in her resistance to bow the knee. What I mean to say with these words is that I'm waiting for a harvest of courage to bloom within my bones. There are things that need to be told and there are stories that want to be heard. Entire sentences desire to live outside my mouth.
They have held me hostage for too long. Does that sound strange? That I am both hostage and keeper? Someone with a life tied to others? And really, isn't that all of us? We'll know precisely what I mean. And these stories? I'm still not entirely sure what they want. Perhaps to show the way. Or to be a small light. Maybe they just want to create chaos. To run down the road with their canteen voices, singing and shouting at the top of their unholy lungs. Holy mountains of threadbare loincloths discarded everywhere. Prayer flags to the earth. Perhaps they just want to exist outside of something. Outside of me. I am not all that I'm cracked up to be. They should want to escape me. Isn't this at once a familiar desire? We all secretly yearn to be seen. No. More than this, to be accepted. Despite the cracks in the facade that we try so hard to hide. To have the opportunity to undress all our stories in front of others. To shake off the oilskin that covers us. To simply be a collection of naked stories. This requires a breaking free. The leaving of the safety of what is known for the unknown. And again, what of these stories that need to escape me? I want them to feel the cold. I want them to get wet. I want them to scream with the indignity of it all. I want them to eat all the shame that they were shaped out of. To consume their own skin. Then lick their lips after the fact. The process of unbecoming something is seldom lovely. Yet there is a fierce beauty that can be found within the struggle. For a long while, I could only witness the process of stripping myself of the layers that were wallpapered onto my being as a series of failures that answered to my name only. Even now, there are echoes rippling through the ether. The real work begins after the stories have been allowed to leave. After you have come face to face with their truth. You are light and you are darkness. It doesn't do to dress up your darkness as something that it is not. You must know its many names and disarm it with kindness, with acceptance. Then you might begin to heal. This is a journey of many mountains and many valleys. There are entire seasons of sitting with my darkness, which have seen me fashion a rope for my own wrists. I am my own security, as well as my own prison. It causes me to weep with frustration and loss and shame. Still, I am planting a wild garden behind my eyes 
despite the storms that I've given cause to happen. I am ruthless about this. I don't have enough time left within my days to pat the heads of others who still insist on telling me how I am allowed to spend this one thing that is entirely mine, my life. A life partly given to me and partly forced upon me. Of course, this is all of us, is it not? We all share this. Every soft body that walks the skin of the earth is given something as gifts and force-fed others. What I'm trying to do here is not for anybody else, although my quest is also for my son. I do not want him to search for the things that I have lost. I do not want him to shape his own life in such a way so that mine might fit me better. When everything is stripped away, nothing can be taken from you. This is both terrifying and liberating. My bare life, the form and the taste of it, will be exposed for everyone to see and they will not have walked any of the valleys with me. They will be strangers to the nuance of every experience that my body has been through and I will be at the mercy of this lack of intimate knowledge. Herein lies everything that I fear and everything that I crave. To be seen for all the things that I am, yes, but also for the things that I'm not. Not only to be seen, but to be welcomed. No, not only to be welcomed, but to be accepted where each of my lived and unlived lives are acknowledged, where they are drawn in, sat down, and given a large portion of kindness and mercy and grace. Accepted. This is a much bigger word and far more generous, with wide hips and soft breasts, an ordinary word with dirt under its fingernails, which has the holy power to undo words that were glued onto me by others, especially the words of the bodies that were supposed to shelter me, but didn't, or couldn't, or perhaps simply refused to. It is what it is. I want to live unafraid of my own truth, bearing my own story well, all her softness, as well as all her fierceness, always mindful of the life that was given to me. I want to be reminded by my own faithful mouth that I have a purpose and a place, although I've had to dig for it with my bare hands. Choosing one path takes us from another. I am respectful of what I have given up. Many of the things that I've walked away from still speak to me at night. Often, all they can do is weep, and all I can do is listen. I don't fight it. I let them mourn what they've lost. I allow loss to write its many names inside my mouth.
allowing grief to be what it is, is a kind thing to do, a grace. Still, right in the middle of my body, in the very center of this body that I call mine, there is gratitude. She dwells there, quiet and softly spoken, her hands always held out for more. She is always respectfully greedy for crumbs and scraps and half-eaten portions that others no longer want. Please and thank you grows in my mouth like richly watered moss. My words are always asking for more because I know that there is more and I know that things wait to be asked. They wait to be called. They wait patiently to be invited over. This is how I wear my faith. I am constantly searching. I seek and I find. I seek and I am found. I stay hungry for more. There are good things out there. Lots of them. And I want to experience them in all their fullness. And so I open my mouth and I call them over, invite them in. And before they've even put on their traveling shoes, I start to prepare a place for them inside the garden behind my eyes. I say, thank you for coming. I say, I am waiting for you. I say, look, I have already rearranged the furniture so that you will be comfortable in your new home. You are welcome. You are so welcome. There are people who don't like it when you live your life like this, especially if they consider themselves to be holy people. They want to own misery and hardship, not just live it when it happens in a season. And it does. This is a small truth. But seasons are seasons and they are usually short-lived. But there are people who insist on pitching their tents right outside the doorstep of heaven. And they don't really like things that they cannot control. And life is mysterious. And it is wild. And completely uncontrollable in a raw feral way. It is what it is. I do not want the truth of others to muddy up the waters of my own days. My life wants more than this. My life deserves her own voice and so does yours. Admittedly, this sounds simpler than it actually is. Always know whose voice your life is speaking with. A life is quite capable of being a masterful mimic. You might have to teach yourself how to do this. It can take half a life and another half just to learn how to say no. Where your boundaries are thin and diaphanous, it is easy for things to pass in and out through your walls. An unhealthy osmosis. Then it is difficult to know where your boundary walls end and where the walls 
of others begin. Walls are not all bad things, as long as there are gates to walk through. As long as you always remember where you keep the keys. In that fog of enmeshment, you are unable to see how many foreign stories are sewn into the hem of your own coat. Here I'm speaking of the stories that fall from the mouths of the ones we love. The ones we feel duty-bound to rescue. To find oneself stitched into the fabric of someone else's war can be a difficult thing to escape. Things that can't be escaped are always heavy. They are burdens that shape a second mouth on the face. They leave scars on the wrists of our life. But of course, here on this page with these words, I have spiralled right back to those ropes. How things that appear to be a safety net are at times a prison. Then again, all good stories contain a scar or two. I have many in my collection. But one day I shall leave them all behind. That elusive one day which awaits. That day when I shall step over into the mystery. Through the door that leads to the wondrous unknown. I won't get to take a single thing with me. Nothing is mine. Nothing in this beclouded, ephemeral place is ever ours to own. Some of my stories will remain behind for others to nourish themselves with, so I pay close attention to them. I pay attention to how I shape my life. I am not concerned with the stories that others use to shape me. At least not too much. An untrue word can be undone, although it takes time. Wisdom is knowing what to let go of. Every day I rub layers and layers of kindness into my own skin, especially into the dimpled softness of my thighs. There is still a seedbed of hurt tied up in my body. I work at being a kindness to myself. It is a sacrament. I know it well. If I may. Your greatest hurt deserves your greatest kindness. Walk through your life with quiet determination, fully present to the journey, the birdsong, the colour of the sky, the hunger in your belly, the stone stuck between your toes. In other words, embracing the pain and the scars and the fear, but also accepting all the shapes of joy. And there are so many. Watch for the way in which the small breathing movements of delight hold a life together like fine thread. I am familiar with things that hold and things that bind. May I give you a small truth? No other body's life looks like yours. No other mammal tries to dwell so fog-fisted and so fiercely within the borders of a life in the same way that you do. If you have worn your heart down to a fleshy, raw stump, 
trying to make your days resemble that of another, then you may stop. Is this a relief? I hope that it is. I so often need it myself. I serve heaping portions of it fresh every day. And each time I want to weep with the relief of it. Often, I do not believe myself until long after I've realized that I've lost my appetite for struggling. Then I simply yield. And this simple act remains a rebellion. Still, this life? Remember, you don't get to take anything with you. But you do get to leave things behind. And what you leave behind are the remains of how much value you placed on being a safe place for other breathing bodies. And when you think about it, there have been many such moments. And all of them were opportunities dressed up as quiet warfare. Love is a weapon, you know, a powerful one. It is God's favorite weapon of choice. To love someone when they least deserve it is to change the fabric of a life. It will always find its way back to you. No person plants mercy without finding kindness waiting at their own front door. And what of the small treasures along the way? Did you find them? Did you pick them up and for a moment marvel at the wonder of it all? I have learned to leave the things that numb, the things that fool me into thinking that I have filled up the hunger inside of me. I don't have to tell you what they are. You have your own tender spots, those thorns that you try so hard to ignore. You already know their names, although perhaps you still don't like to say them aloud. You must do this. It robs them of their power. You know their names. Say them aloud to yourself. They are thieves, masters of seduction, liars. All around me, the world with its mouthpiece of opinions is telling me what to chase after, how to be, how to live my best life, what to be afraid of, or more truthfully, whom to fear. I will not yield to the voices of others who want to force their truth over my head like an ill-fitting sweater. A child must eat what it is given. An adult can say no, can refuse to take what is forced upon them. Refuse. It is that simple. As I write this, I am a woman crouched low. With my oldest eyes, I watch and wait as things unfold inside of me. Tomorrow, the sea will be the same shade of greyish-green as the lichen that stubbornly inhabits the walls surrounding the garden. Nature repeats herself everywhere. A series of signs there for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. The waves will do what they are meant to do. They cannot be stopped. As will the storm. Somewhere out there on the waters, over the storm-wracked shape of the Isle of Jura,
a young rainbow is already waiting to play in the light, already saying thank you with its presence. I am wrapping this sign, this promise, around my shoulders. Thank you for listening. May your week be kind and rich and may your year be one of new life, new growth, opportunities and grace. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you.